Oregon State and Washington State have an idea of what their schedules will be. They're going to need new quarterbacks, but there are still major questions out there. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team-free. But until then, beloved and loaded conference of champions, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. So, talk about some Oregon State, Washington State stuff. Quarterbacks, Aiden Childs in the portal, Cam Ward in the portal. Everything is flying around. A lot of quarterback names to watch for here. But for Oregon State and Washington State. They announced what their schedules would roughly look like, though they don't actually have it materialized just yet. But there is another question that they're facing, right? Beyond who are their quarterbacks going to be? Because it won't be Cameron Ward. It won't be DJ Uyunglele. It won't be Aiden Childs. Aiden Childs announced that, or at least it was reported by 24-7 Sports, that he's going to be in the transfer portal. But I think there are two major questions beyond the, the quarterback, the personnel, who's going in the portal and everything like that, that the Bees and the Cougs are facing. And the first major question is, what are you going to do for television broadcasts in 2024 and beyond, perhaps? And the second major question is, how is your schedule going to be viewed by the rest of the college football community? Because Oregon State especially, off a season in which they just went 8-4, and four, they're playing Notre Dame in the Sun Bowl, by the way. If you're talking about teams that would really like to win a bowl game, Oregon State going 9-4 and four with a win over Notre Dame in that matchup could go a long way for what their preseason perspective is going to be in the eyes of the rest of the college football world. But that's just thought that kind of popped into, into my head there. But what they're going to do on the television front remains to be seen. There is some precedent I'll talk about in, in just a moment here. But the other thing is, how is their schedule going to be viewed? So the schedules have not been actually announced. We don't know who the Beavs and Cougs are going to play on the field in 2024, aside from a couple of games. You know, Oregon State has got uh, a Purdue, I, I think, in there in a non-conference matchup. Idaho State is their FCS game. But both teams announced that they're going to have five Power 5 games which really will be four power four games in the eyes of the college football world. And then they'll play each other. Now I consider that to be power five because Oregon state, Washington state are power five capable programs. We'll see what happens after the portal and whatnot, but it'll be five power five games, six mountain West games and one FCS opponent. Now, neither team is eligible for the mountain West conference championship because they are not a part of the mountain West. So, What is essentially going to happen here is Oregon State and Washington State are going to be viewed and I think treated in the college football community as FBS independents, which is obviously not the situation they deserve. It's not a great spot. They'd love to be in a power conference or the pack having stayed together and everything like that. But 
is being an independent. Does that mean that all hope is lost as you try to accomplish major goals as a program? I don't think the answer to that question is yes, all hope is lost. I think it's more difficult, but I do not think that it is impossible. Now, it'll depend on what teams they actually end up playing because there's there's been plenty of speculation about you know who the power matchups are going to be, as in you know teams from other power conferences. Because, you know, Notre Dame, who Oregon State's about to play, I don't know that they'd play again. Maybe they would. I don't know. But Notre Dame needs a game for next year. Utah needs a game. I think Cal and Stanford both need games for next year as well. So the quality of those power four teams, we don't know what's happening with the Civil War either. We know that Washington State has got Washington on there, which is huge. For the Cougs, that, that is just a, a massive opportunity. And we're going to talk about Washington a little bit later in the offseason sense uh, later in, to, er, in, in the show today as well. But being treated as an independent, it is not unprecedented for an independent team to cobble together a schedule that is good enough. Notre Dame is an independent, by the way. They're, of course, unique, but they play a schedule that does not include a conference championship game. And yet, though it's better than what Oregon State and Washington State will be able to you know, put together from a conference caliber and team caliber standpoint on a week-to-week average, Notre Dame is able to make the playoff. And in the 12-team playoff, the opportunity will be there. Will they have to win certain key games? Yeah, of course. Uh, of course they will. But let's talk about this television component because there is actually a little bit of precedent for what Oregon State and Washington State are trying to do. Now, Washington State Athletic Director Pat Chun said on, on Washington State and Oregon State's TV plans, quote, we'll work with Oregon State through the conference to identify television opportunities and partners. Essentially, what they're going to be doing is marketing individual games and selling them as their own package, not as a multi-rights, multi-year media rights deal, but basically selling them, you know, a la carte. They just say, hey, we have these games, who wants to broadcast it and how much will you pay? So the other teams where you look, you, you look to for precedent on this particular model on the television front, UConn, Army, until Army announced they were joining the American Conference, and UMass. So what those teams do is based on what I was able to to research and you know find out about all this sort of stuff and how it works is UConn with, worked with CBS Sports Network. Doesn't mean that's going to be what Oregon State and Washington State end up doing. It's just as an example. Maybe ESPN would pay for a couple games, or maybe they'd want to put them on ESPN Plus. I don't know. I, I don't know what the television options there and how uh, exceptional they they'd potentially be. But UConn, Army, UMass, obviously Notre Dame's got their own contract with NBC, but they have individual deals with CBS Sports Network to broadcast the home games. And they basically pay, you know, not a ton of money. I think the number I saw was uh, for UConn about $100,000 per game, depending on the caliber of opponent to put on CBS Sports Network. That wouldn't be the worst place for Oregon State and Washington State to have their home games broadcast, but that is the essential element is where do the games get broadcast when a football game is played in Corvallis and in Pullman? Because when they play, you know, they we heard a lot about the, and I talked about as well on the show, potential scheduling partnership with the Mountain West. And it would be, you know, seven games and this sort of stuff. And then reports were, no, it's not going to be that. But then it is kind of a scheduling partnership and whatnot. The important factor here on the television side is that the home team is responsible for putting together the television broadcast. 
the home team. So when Oregon State and Washington State travel to Mountain West stadiums, those games will be on television courtesy of the Mountain West media deal. Now, when the Mountain West teams go to Corvallis and Pullman, that's what still remains to be seen. Maybe CBS Sports Network or Fox, who are the media partners for the Mountain West, would say, hey, we already have these teams. We want to raise brand awareness. And Oregon State and Washington State are an opportunity to do that. And that's, you know, a more appealing game than, say, you know, Army or uh, Hawaii against San Jose State or something like that. Maybe they would put it on there. But that's essentially where they are is trying to navigate those, those particular waters putting together the best schedule they can, making sure that people are able to watch them. And then the next step will be, we'll figure out what kind of product they can put on the field. So Aiden Childs is in the transfer portal, or at least that's what 24-7 Sports reported. I don't know if he's made an official statement. He has not been the only name to pop up as a transfer portal target at the quarterback position. There are many, many others. There are many reasons why you should look at game time as well, because when you're buying tickets to your next big event, you shouldn't have to worry. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. That's Locked On College for twenty dollars. Off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's a quarterback palooza out there. Bonanza. It's hectic. It's crazy. There are a lot of names. Aiden Child's the latest. So Oregon State is officially looking for a quarterback. I mean, it looks like it'd be Ben Branson for the bowl game against Notre Dame, which by the way, they've won football games with Ben Branson before. That's that's a tall order, though, and that was definitely not a surprise, though a disappointment for the Beavs. And, you know, I had said that Trent Bray had to make that priority number one, but Childs is just going to have too many other big-time offers. And I don't know where those two Oregon State quarterbacks end up. I would watch for DJ Uyunglele to UCLA, and I would watch for Aiden Childs to follow Jonathan Smith over, over to Michigan State. But – uh, by the way, Tyler, who uh, sends in questions all the time, appreciate you. YouTube comments or Twitter, always great ways uh, to send in uh, comments or questions to get answered here on the show. Uh, you'd asked about the television deal. If you have any other questions, let me know. But hopefully I uh, answer your question as to how they're going to try and navigate that particular space. But the quarterback carousel is arguably crazier than the coaching carousel. I, I mean, it, it is all over the place. And you have just got so many different names out there who can make an impact. And I had a reply from, I think, a Utah fan on, on Twitter about, you know, how many teams are going to have the same quarterback in 2024? If you go up and down the current Pac-12 teams, the only one I can think of is Noah Fafita at Arizona. Okay. Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, off to the NFL. 
Cameron Rising didn't play this year. He'll start for Utah next season. Oregon State, new quarterback. Washington State, new quarterback. Arizona State, I have heard rumblings that Jaden Rashada might not be the guy there next year. UCLA, Dante Moore is leaving. The Cardinal, I mean, Stanford, maybe Ashton Daniels is a starter next year. They're bringing in uh, Elijah Brown, the four-star from modern day. We'll see who wins the job there. Uh, Cal, Cal could have the same starting quarterback. I think Fernando Mendoza is uh, – Cal's got a new offensive coordinator because Jake Spavadol, uh left to go uh, to Baylor to be the OC. But um, Mendoza maybe at Cal. We don't know what Shadur Sanders is going to do yet. I, I mean, you're going to have – Way, way fewer than half of the current Pac-12 teams that have the same quarterback next year. So few things, few things to watch for before we talk about the wild world of college football schedule, which is completely backwards. I think that for Oregon State, there are going to be options available in the transfer portal. One name that I would legitimately watch for is Jaden Delora. So Delora, if you recall, was at Washington State, went down to Arizona, got hurt this year. And Noah Fafita won the starting job, deservedly so. Arizona, by the way, is playing Oklahoma, I believe, in the Alamo Bowl. That could be an awesome football game. And if Arizona puts up a 10-win season, boy, that'd feel pretty good if you're a Wildcats fan. Take a seven, take a W7 into the Big 12 next year, they'd be one of the favorites for sure. So I look at Jaden Delora and say, well, He's a guy who has started and won games at the Power Five level all over the place. Now, is he, you know, an NFL kind of quarterback? No, he is not. But if you're Oregon State, I would ask. I would ask. I mean, currently, you don't have an option that's on your radar. And look, there is a lot that can change between now and the start of next year. Not doubting that. I'm just saying that that is a forgotten name who I think would be willing to go and play at, you know, a hybrid Mountain West Pac-12 kind of school there that Oregon State unfortunately is now. I think he'd unquestionably be the starting quarterback unless they brought in somebody else. I I would just wa- watch for that particular name. One name I wouldn't watch for is Bryson Barnes. He's going to play in Utah's bowl game against Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl and then transfer. I don't think Barnes is going to be a super hot commodity unless he goes down to to a G5 team. I mean, he's not going to start next year once Cam Rising comes back from injury, so he'd be the backup again. So I, I totally understand it. I think Utah fans do as well as to why he'd leave. But that's a guy who led Utah to an 8-4 and four season this year, You know, had some ups and downs, got benched at one point, earned the starting job back. And you know, Utah's a good team with Bryson Barnes at the helm. I don't think that that's the sort of option. I, I think Oregon State can do better than Bryson Barnes. I'd rather have Jaden Delora, even though Delora certainly has his flaws. He throws a lot of interceptions and sometimes tries to do too much. Oregon State probably has to make an offensive coordinator hire before they can start talking about you know what they're going to do at, at the quarterback position. But I expect that hire to come you know w- w- within the coming days. So I think that that is just an interesting name to follow because that's a guy who, by the way was a part of Arizona building to what they are right now. Fafita has won the job, should have it, will have it, and all that sort of stuff. But Delora was the guy that was leading that resurgence with Arizona before Fafita came in and proved that he's a stud. And I I, I think that's a guy that could go somewhere and maybe not take you to a conference championship, but can make you competitive. 
can make you competitive, be a stopgap kind of capable quarterback for a year or so. And I, I, I'd watch for that. I think Barnes is someone who will probably end up at, you know, like an American or Mountain West kind of school or a Conference USA. I, I think he stays out West. He's, uh, you know, an in-state kid. But I don't think that that's as appealing of an option. Not that Barnes is bad. I, I just don't think that he's got the playmaking ability, and there's a ceiling with him at, at quarterback, even though stylistically, yeah, he could fit at Oregon State because he's playing in the same sort of system like that they run uh, in Corvallis compared to what they do in Salt Lake City. So, yeah, maybe. But here's another name to watch for, and th- this is a fascinating one. Now, Washington is, of course, in the college football playoff, and all their attention right now is on Texas and talked about that with Roman extensively on yesterday's show. Go check it out. If, if you missed it and everything that, you know, they've accomplished this year, Washington's offense is predicated on throwing the football. Okay. Running is secondary. They want to drop back and throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. There was a crystal ball that 24 seven sports tweeted out. This has not happened yet, nor has it been confirmed. And we'll see what timeline sort of exists because no one knows for certain at this point. But there was a crystal ball out there for Will Rogers at Mississippi State to go to Washington. That would be an outstanding fit. I don't know if he's got the, the high-end talent that Michael Penix does. But Will Rogers is a guy who ran the air raid under the late Mike Leach at Mississippi State who can throw 40 to 60 times a game if you want him to, who is an experienced quarterback, just like Penix was. And if you put him in that Kalen DeBoer offense, and I suspect that, by the way, my prediction did not come true that Ryan Grubb will be the next head coach at Boise State because they hired their interim head coach. So I still anticipate Ryan Grubb becoming a head coach this offseason. There are still jobs open out there. If, you know, whether Grubb is there or not, that offense is Kalen DeBoer's. That is what he does. Throw the football all the time. Look at what he did with Jake Hayner down at Fresno State. I think he could have similar success if he goes with Will Rogers from Mississippi State. I I think that fit would be so good. Now, Washington's about to lose their top three receivers to the NFL draft. Newsflash. Washington recruits. At a decent level, I'd say, compared to where they you know perform on the field, certainly this year. But the transfer portal is a thing. Julian Fleming from Ohio State's in the portal. There's a wide receiver from Texas A&M that was a highly rated recruit. There are a bunch of names and options out there, and I don't remember if Jeremy Bernard would be back next season for for Washington. I have to double check, but you can put together weapons on the outside pretty easily. But you need a quarterback that fits what you are trying to do. And yeah, by the way, don't know if he would do it, but Cameron Ward would be a great fit at Washington as well. But I saw that crystal ball for Will Rogers, and I thought to myself, uh, that's a fit. That's a fit. I don't know if he turns into Michael Penix, but what I do know is that Kalen DeBoer, every time he's been close to Michael Penix, Penix has been at his absolute best. This is a guy who runs his offense directly through his quarterback and the arm of said quarterback. And I think that for for Will Rogers to be a name that is in the conversation there, I think there could be uh, a pretty darn seamless transition for the former Mississippi State Bulldog. So 
That's everything on the quarterback carousel for now. This is going to be a recurring topic on the show because, my goodness, there are so many big-time names that can make an impact for, for 2024 and beyond. And, my goodness, we've still got more to get to on the show. We always do. You can always go to LinkedIn Jobs, too, because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That's billion with a B, which makes it the best place to hire. It just is. Hiring is easy when you have LinkedIn Jobs because they give you so many qualified candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, you might not have the time or resources to hire. That's why they're there to help you out. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. Okay, last couple things to wrap up today's show. Back into the mailbag, YouTube comments or Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pack 12 Appreciate all of you out there that make this show such a blast to do. And I love answering your questions and you guys have some great ones. So this from David Spencer. I'll be interested in hearing your take on this. I'm not a fan of the portal in December. Why? The Beavers and or Bruins will lose their starting quarterback before their bowl game. I do not know why this cannot happen after the bowl game. I 100% agree with you, David. College football is a great sport run by below average people. I mean, I agree, though not everyone did, with the college football playoff committee's decision to put in Alabama over Florida State. With that being said, Boo Corrigan is the chair of the college football playoff committee. He made that decision and then publicly on live television when asked about Liberty getting the nod over SMU into the Fiesta Bowl to play Oregon, which they shouldn't, by the way. It should have been SMU. They play in a better conference. He said, quote, well, Liberty just continued to win. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's just the the epic level of PR incompetence in that statement underscores the point that I am making. This is the greatest sport in the world. And it is governed and run by people who don't know what they're doing and who don't have the sport's best interests in mind or, frankly, don't even know what is in the best interest of the sport writ large. So I am completely against all of this portal stuff and the early signing window happening in December ahead of bowl season. You are making the life of a head football coach so astronomically difficult and overwhelming to put those two things together. And it doesn't even make sense from a college football marketing standpoint, right? So think about professional sports. The NBA has become more about the off season than the actual season because they make all these big moves and it's interesting and fun to think about and talk about and debate. But then the season comes around and I don't think Bradley Beals played a game for the Suns yet. Like it's just, they're not, the stars are not playing a lot, right? The NFL, has leaned into that because you know the hot stove in baseball or the NBA offseason became such big topics to generate interest when your league isn't even playing games on television. 
that the NFL leaned into it. And now there's all sorts of talk and debate, trades and free agent signings and where could they go and all this sort of stuff. But the calendar lines up perfectly because during the season, that's the only thing that matters. We're still in the middle of the college football season. Yes, some teams are into the offseason, but not everybody is. And so if you're talking about how to generate the most interest for a sport, just from a PR and marketing standpoint, there is no way that packing major storylines and talking points in the midst of the season is the best way to do it. If you want year-round interest in the sport, you need to have compelling storylines all year round. Right now, you don't need the transfer portal and the coaching carousel and recruiting to be major storylines to generate interest in the sport. There's plenty else going on to talk about, which would be the actual season and the national championship and bowl games and everything like that. So if the sport had its head screwed on straight, and if its leadership did, it would say, no, take out the early signing window in December, because that's literally right before a bowl game. Take out the transfer portal window opening in December ahead of the bowl games and have that drive the discussion and interest surrounding the sport once the season is actually over. Keep it with the February signing day. And maybe have, you know, the first transfer portal window, have it go at the end of January. I think that would make a lot of sense because there's one portal window that's open now. There's another one that's open in the spring. So if you want to assure the the most attention being paid to the sport, you would say the season goes from the end of August to the beginning of January. Now you want the off-season topics to take over. Open the transfer portal window the week after the national championship game. Everyone talks about that for a month. Then you have National Signing Day factored in with the portal. Then you start looking ahead to spring football. Then you have another transfer portal window open. Then you talk about things post-spring football. And then in the summer, you know, talk about everything and everything that you want to. But I think it's ridiculous. I think it's bad for coaches. And I don't think it's the best thing for the sport. So hopefully I laid that out correctly. Last question here from JT. Portal, NIL, and quarterbacks. Which category of quarterback is more successful in the NFL draft. Excellent quarterbacks winning a lot in lesser conference or excellent quarterbacks on bad power five teams. We should have plenty of examples to draw from. The answer is there's no one right answer here because a great quarterback in the NFL can come from all over the place. I think Caleb Williams could be great from USC. Past USC quarterbacks have not been great. Past Ohio State quarterbacks haven't been great. CJ Stroud is. Every individual player is different. I think there is something to the idea of, you know, playing at a school like Alabama where you have such good wide receivers and such great offensive lines and such a great team. You don't have to do as much. And then when you go into the league and you play for a team that is in a complete and utter state of rebuilding, then, yeah, that's going to be a lot different than what you're accustomed to playing on the football field. But you can see Patrick Mahomes didn't win a lot in college, played at a, an average football school in Texas Tech. Guy might be the best quarterback in the history of the sport. Carson Palmer, number one pick out of USC, had a good but not great career. 
Andrew Luck came out of Stanford. What had ever come out of Stanford at the quarterback position other than John Elway before? Well, it's those two guys. So it, it depends entirely on the individual. I think circumstances matter, but I don't think that, you know, the narrative about like, for example, when Justin Herbert was coming out of Oregon, there, there were some talking points with regards to, well, it's another Oregon quarterback. Joey Harrington didn't work out. Mariota didn't quite work out. Yeah, no, Herbert's a stud. <laughs> Herbert's a stud. That's 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 top 10 quarterback in the league. Like Every guy is different, right? I was a big C.J. Stroud fan. I had this debate with my brother, actually. He said, no, he's going to be like every other Ohio State quarterback. I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't think I like this guy. He's really, really good. So it depends on the individual. And you know, your circumstances can be taken into account, but they do not define what your NFL career is actually going to end up being. Good question, though. I like it. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.